Welcome to the I Heart My Life show with success coach Emily Williams. Tune in daily to learn how to design a life you love, create more success and wealth, move past fear and blocks, and bring more joy into your life and business. It's time to create a life that's better than your dreams. Hey everyone, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. Today's guest is Lauren Robertson. She's an author, speaker, medium, and coach. She's also the author of the best-selling book, The Medium in Monolos, a life-affirming guide to modern mediumship, which helps readers to overcome the fear of death in all its forms and bring spirit communication to the 21st century for millennial spiritual seekers. Lauren is one of those weirdos who loves public speaking. She has toured the world speaking in her capacity as a medium and as a coach. She educates female entrepreneurs and coaches on how to become amazing public speakers and how to elegantly sell their products and services from the stage while traveling the world and changing lives in the process. So welcome, Lauren. So excited to have you here. Thank you so much, Emily. I am delighted to be here. So for everyone who who is wanting some insider information today, this is our third try to do this interview because we've had technical issues and then I was late and then, you know, now Lauren is in her fiance's office. It's not as beautiful as hers was where everything was set up, but we're making it work. We are making it work. That's what entrepreneurs do, isn't it, love? We find a way. <laughs> totally. We need to get the message out there. That's all that matters. That's it. Beautiful. So Lauren, what I find with all of our guests is that everyone has their I Heart My Life story that really takes them to where they are today and is one of those, maybe maybe there are some turning points, maybe there are some big aha moments. I know there definitely are in your, in your story. So take us back. Tell us where it all started. Sure. So my I Heart My Life story starts when I was 16 years old. I'd always been a good student, like an A student, and there came a point when I was about 15 where I started to become very isolated at school. I was quite unhappy. I didn't feel that I was thriving there anymore, and I began to truant at school, which is like playing hooky, maybe you call it, or dogging it. I was wondering. That's something else in other places. So, but um, like playing truant means basically non-attendance at school, and you know, I was had uh, suffering from a little bit of depression and teenage angst and different things. And a few years prior to this period of my life, my mum had bought me a deck of angel cards and I was completely mesmerised by them. I absolutely loved them. And I used to take my angel cards into school and do readings for my peers and my ma- like headmaster, my maths teacher, the football team came for a reading. I used to absolutely love doing these angel card readings at school. And so when the day came that the school asked me to leave and not come back because of my own non-attendance at classes, I sat on the bus home and I remember thinking, my mum is going to kill me because I'd always wanted to go to university. My mum really wanted me to get a good education. And here was I leaving with hardly any grades whatsoever. And I sat on the bus and I thought, the only thing I want to do is read these angel cards, but I'm going to need to go home and find a job so that I can at least say to my mum, I got kicked out of school, but I also managed to find a job and sort of soften the blow a little bit. So I got home and sat down at the computer. This was circa 2003, so it was like dial-up internet at that point. 
And I went on a site we have here in the UK called the Job Centre. So the Job Centre is a place where you can get like jobs, normal jobs as like a waitress or um, social care or whatever, like just normal person's jobs. So I went on the Job Centre website and it asked me to fill out a questionnaire to match me up with the best job. And I was in a very petulant manner filling out the questionnaire in the most obscure way that I possibly could. So it asked you, are you creative? Yes. Do you like people? Yes, I do. I love people. Do you want to work mornings? Absolutely not. I do not want to work mornings. And so I just felt total despair as I filled this form in because I thought there's going to be absolutely no job whatsoever that matches anything that I want to do with my life. And so I sat and I clicked submit and what came back was one job and it was angel card readers, psychics and mediums wanted in the Glasgow area. So at 16 years old, I put on my school bag, went for an interview at this lady's house who ran this company that toured the UK doing spiritual events. And I did a reading for her and she hired me right then and there on the spot. Three days later was my first shift and she told me, you're only gonna be shadowing another staff member. You're not gonna be doing any readings or anything. You're just gonna be shadowing. And so I was like, oh, that's cool, that's fine. So I was really excited about my first day, you know, like training day on the job. So I went to her house for my first ever shift. I was really nervous. I had my little angel cards in my hand and she opened the door and it was just she, there was no other staff members there. And I said to her, where is everyone? And she said, um, the two staff members who were supposed to be speaking at the show and doing readings with you have both phoned in sick. It's just you and me. So that first shift, she said, you're going to have to get up and speak uh, because we were supposed to do a show and there's no one here to do a show. You're going to have to get up and talk about your angel cards. So I went from supposedly shadowing this other practitioner to my very first day, the training day, doing 10 personal one-to-one -one readings and doing a demonstration of my angel card work in front of 100 people in the function room of a pub called the Black Bull here in Scotland. I'll never forget it. And that was really the moment where my addiction to spirituality, to the intimacy of how it let me be with people, my addiction to being on stage and being heard and sharing ideas that I found really interesting, and my addiction to entrepreneurship and controlling my ability to make money and be creative and be seen in the world professionally the way that I wanted to be. All of them started within that three-day period. I worked with that company for eight years. I did over 30,000 private sittings in that time, spoke on platforms all over the UK and then internationally as well before going out on my own and achieving my dream, which I'd always held in my heart of going to university. I ended up going to university and putting myself through uni with my income from being self-employed as a spiritual practitioner. I studied consciousness and philosophy of mind to try to understand the psychic and mediumistic um, abilities that I had, my ability to understand people on that level. And the rest, as they say, as history. Oh my gosh, Lauren, what an amazing story. And where do you think that gumption came from? That's the only word that's coming to mind when you're 16 to go and do that. 
Do you know, it's funny. I, I, I have to give God, the universe, my creator credit for that one because my mum always said when I was a little girl, my gran took me on holiday and like away from my mum, like away from my family. My mum said I never even looked back and waved. I just went. So I've always just been... Um, I don't know, I've always just been up for a challenge, up for adventure, yeah. up for like savouring the most out of life and making the most. And I've literally prayed on that bus. I just want to read my angel cards. So for me to ask of that and then not follow it through would have been a sin really. So I just decided to swallow down my fear and to go for it. And um, I'm really glad that I did. Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> That's incredible. And so take us back to that first day on the stage. How did you move past any fear? What was it that, you know, allowed you to embody that person who did all of those readings those three days in a row? Sure. So it was it was necessity. It was it was the fact that it was a must. It was literally a must. There was nobody else there to do the job except me. All of these women had turned up. It was my first day at the job. I did not want to let my new um, agent slash employer down. So I'd always loved performance and being on the theatre and speaking to people. And I, I just knew if I can just get over this hurdle of fear, I can do this. Mm. It was The situation was a must. It was yeah. a necessity. I just had to get on with it. There was no other choice. And that way of thinking has always served me well. When I back myself into a corner in a good way and I convince myself that there's no other choice but to go for it, that has always yielded me results in life that I've been very happy with. So that was the first, that was really how I got through it. It was like, I just have to, it's a must here. Yeah, I figured that was the case. And I think this pertains so much to entrepreneurship, which I know we're going to talk about throughout this episode. And I remember listening to this freebie that Marie Forleo put out, I think it was a few years ago when her new website launched. And it talked about um, how to get anything you want. And one of the elements of it was to make a decision that there's no other option. And the word decide actually means to cut off, like so to cut off that there's another option. And I think so often as entrepreneurs, that is the mindset that we have to have like we can't really ha I mean, of course there's a plan b but like we don't focus on that plan b because the only option that we really care about that really lights us up is that you know is moving forward with our business is serving the world is having an impact and in our minds there is no other option exactly exactly yeah. i agree with that wholeheartedly so you put yourself through uni which is amazing and got your degree tell us what happened next after that so whilst I was at university, I attended an I Can Do It conference, which is run by Hay House. It's like their big event that they tour. I think they do Ignite more now, but at the time it was I Can Do It. And I Can Do It came to Glasgow. So this was 2012. And one of my favourite authors, David Hamilton, who's a fellow Scot, he is all about like the mind-body connection. So I really shared like a lot of interest in common with him. He was signing books at this event. So I was in the audience at the I Can Do It event and this blonde woman was up on stage speaking and talking about her new book that was out. And I just had this overwhelming feeling just like deep inside me, like in all my cells and my liver, I think in my bone marrow and also my big toe, like everywhere. <laughs> but I was like, oh my gosh. What, what she's doing right now, being on stage speaking as a Hay House author, I was like, that needs to be me. I, I must make that happen. Again, it was another must. 
And so after she was finished speaking, I went upstairs to get my book signed by David Hamilton. And as I was standing in the queue to get my book signed, I suddenly thought, I'm going to pitch David Hamilton an idea for a book. I just made it up. I thought, I'm going to pitch him an idea for a book. I'm going to ask him to write the foreword. This is my chance. I'm going to do it. And so I stood in the queue and I was getting more and more nervous as I was getting to the front of the queue. And I really wanted to like lose my bottle and back out. But I was like, no, I'm going to ask him because I might never get the chance again. So as I got to the front of the queue and I went to ask David about my book idea and if he would write the foreword, suddenly a woman came over and started talking to him and he was signing the books kind of absentmindedly as he was speaking to her. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to miss my chance. And so... I flounced, and the word is flounced, I mean, it was it was flamboyant, so I flounced to the front of the queue, and I was like, excuse me, I'm very <laughs> sorry to interrupt your conversation, but I have to ask David a question, it's very important, now is my chance, I'm sure you understand, and I was like, David, I love you, I love all your books, I have this idea for a book, here it is, and I gave him the elevator pitch for the book, I said, I would love to send you a few pages, and I would be so delighted if you would consider writing the foreword for me. And he was kind of looking around like, um, he's like, okay, just send me a few. So when I got home, David Hamilton had actually emailed me. And I was like, what is this? And he emailed me to say, do you know that the woman you interrupted was Michelle Pilly, who's the managing director of Hay House UK? And I almost died since <laughs> reading You Can Heal Your Life by Louise L. Hay, which I know is a classic that's transformed so many people's lives. Has that touched your life, Emily? That yeah. Point? Sure. Definitely. So since, since reading that, I'd always wanted to be a Hay House author and I could not believe that I had fluffed this up so badly and interrupted this woman and that I didn't know who she was. It was a complete rookie mistake. And so David said, Michelle would like to see some of the pages of your book as well. She saw something in you that she thought was special. So I wrote this proposal in a complete flurry, sent it to David, sent it to Michelle. It got rejected after three months. And so that put me on the path of determination of saying, I've got a taste of being a Hay House author. I'm on Hay House's radar. I must make this happen. So when I got rejected, when that proposal got rejected, I wrote back to Hay House and I said, look, why don't you just tell me what you need me to do to be a Hay House author and I will go away and I will do it. Mm. And surprisingly, they came back with a list. <laughs> I love that. I want everyone to hear that. First of all, you got rejected, which is hard to take sometimes, but you emailed them and you asked them what you could do differently next time because you knew that wasn't the end of your dream. It was a no, but it was more like a not yet. Exactly. It was, I couldn't, I had got so close to glory by David's attention, Michelle's attention. Like I knew I could finish a proposal because I had done one already. I was not about to give up just then. That was my three feet from gold. Yeah. For those of you that are bread thinking grow rich. So wasn't about to give up. So I um, wrote back, uh, so, sorry. So I spent the next sort of fact, like, uh, let me see now. Yeah, about four or five years doing everything that was on that list. It was not a fast process. Can you tell us what was on the list? Sure. So it was it was a lot of the things you would expect, to be honest. It was about increasing my following, my social media platform, polishing up my idea, getting clearer on my niche, 
writing a book that was truer to my niche because the, the niche that I'd gone for before was about helping students to get through their exams. It was like a coaching manual for students because yeah. I was at uni, but my following was as a psychic medium. And so they wanted me to not write a different book that was a deviation from that. They wanted me to write a book about mediumship or psychic stuff, which at first I found really, really hard to get my head around because I wanted to do something so different and, you know, that hadn't been seen or heard before in a book yeah. like that. So that's what took a lot of time was getting really finessing and getting clear on that idea. And of Did course, you have a business already? So, yeah, so I've been self-employed as a psychic medium, obviously, since I was 16. Right. So my, this was 2012, so this was like a number of years later. So the following was there, the client base was there, the business was there uh, in terms of the readings and the, the speaking that I'd been doing, but it was about psychic work and mediumship. And I had started to come away from that a little bit because of my interest in coaching. So I was- Okay, so you had, you had been with the company, but you started to move into coaching as well at that point. Yes, exactly. So gotcha. that's sort of a deviation because- really what had happened is I'd had the same clients for like eight years and I realized there was not much more that I could tell them that wasn't retreading old ground. They needed gotcha. something more. Yeah. And that's where I wanted to go deeper. I wanted to stop telling them what I saw and instead start asking them what they saw and what they wanted for themselves. Yeah. And coaching was the way that I really trained to do that. Still using my intuitive gifts, but in a, a different way. Yeah. So anyway, so then um, one day I thought, I'd had this idea for the medium and the nolos, like sex in the city meets spirituality, bringing high-end fashion and high vibes together and yeah. talking about death in a life-affirming way because of my background in, in mediumship. So I wrote to Hay House and I queried them and I was so scared. Honestly, I was terrified because I'd worked towards this moment again for the last five years. Yeah. And I knew that they were going to send me an autoresponder saying, You've got three months, you know, we're not going to get back to you within three months because we're so busy. So I knew I had three months to write the proposal if they were interested. So I queried them. I said, I don't know if you remember me. You told me to go away and do this. I've come up with this idea, the medium and the nolos. I'd love to know if you're interested. And I snapped my laptop shut. I was really pleased with myself, knowing that I would have three months to write this proposal. I went and made a cup of tea and I came back and Hay House had got back to me in seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I love this story. Oh, and here's the thing. I will, I'm not I'm a terrible liar and I told a little white lie thinking that I had three months to bring this proposal together. I told them I'm working on the proposal. It's at a good state of completion. I would love to send it to you. I had not written one word of that proposal. <laughs> <laughs> and so Hay House got back to me and they said, We love this idea. We want to represent you in the boardroom tomorrow. <laughs> how soon can you get the proposal to us? And I was like, what have I done? <laughs> so this was seven o'clock at night. And I wrote back to the woman who's now my commissioning editor. I wrote back to her and I said, what's the latest I can hand this proposal? And she said, 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. So I sat up all night and wrote an entire 50-page book proposal that had been in my head for five years since I had been developing all of these ideas and taking all of these action steps. And I basically just wrote this proposal overnight. And my, my boyfriend at the time, who's now my fiance, he brought me cups of coffee and he did all the concept art to go on the front of the proposal. And we got it sent away at seven in the morning. And Hay House asked me to go to London. Then they came up to Glasgow to see me speak. 
And the irony of this beautiful story and how it comes full circle is Hayhouse actually brought with them the woman who I'd seen in 2012 to my event, not knowing that this had been the person that had inspired me so much. Wow. And I literally never conceived of the possibility that Hayhouse might give me a book deal until the next day after my live event in Glasgow. They took me for lunch at my favourite five-star hotel here in Glasgow. The cheque came and I went to grab my purse and Hayhouse reached across the table and said, we got this. Ah. For five years, I never let myself dream that it might actually be possible until that moment. I stayed the course, but I focused on small steps and kept that big dream, that Everest at the back of my mind, but I didn't concentrate on it. It was just that one moment when they said, we're going to get this check, that I thought they might actually say yes. Hmm. Two months later, they came back to me and said, just one Tuesday, got an email saying, would love to make you a formal offer for the Medium and Minoldos. Oh, I can still remember how I felt at that moment right now. It was literally a dream a dream come true. Yeah. It was the most special moment. Wow, Lauren, thank you for sharing all of that. So before we dive in and unpack so many of the amazing facets to that, I just want to take a quick break <laughs> and then we'll jump back in in just a second. Do you want to learn how to make and attract more money in your business? If so, my iHeartMoney Live program is for you. It's a 10-week program where you can jump in, learn all about money mindset, how to transform the way you think about money, your relationship with money, and in turn, make more money in your business. So if you're interested, go to iHeartMoneyLive.com. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep, but it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. It's AmericaOutloud.com, where the conversation never ends. With 24-7 streaming on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Hey, 
Hey everyone, it's Emily Williams back with Lauren Robertson with us today. She was just sharing all about her incredible journey from discovering that she was meant to be a Hay House author to getting rejected the first time she sent her proposal to planning five years for this amazing book that she's now written and she shared how it actually came to reality. So Lauren, I know your story is so inspirational for everyone listening and thank you for really breaking that down and showing us how important consistency is, asking for what it is that you want, asking for help, and then literally taking step by step by step to get there and keeping the faith along the journey that you, you your story really, really illustrates all of that so perfectly. Yes, thank you. I know it was a wild ride. And at the time, there were ups and downs and hardships. But I never ever lost faith because of how it made me feel. So if you're watching this right now, whatever it is that makes you feel that way, that if there's something in your life that really lights you up or excites you, keep a hold of it, you know, let it go into all the cells in your body and the, the marrow of your bones and let that fill you up and inspire the work that you do and help you stay consistent even when things are difficult, because they were sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But I love what you said really just really struck me one of the, the amazing pieces of that. So you said before the break that you you knew that this, I don't know the exact phrasing, but something like you had this in the back of your mind and you knew that it was on its way, but you didn't allow yourself to focus on it. I think that it's important to differentiate between, you know, like really focusing on something, thinking about it every single day and then having something in your, the back of your mind. Can you explain that a little bit more? Sure, I'll be happy to. And this is a philosophy that I've developed because of how profoundly it's affected me and I use it with my own speaker superstar clients. So part of what I learned at university, I did philosophy of time as part of my metaphysics course. And that was seriously mind blowing. You needed like four cappuccinos before you could even deal with that. But anyway, <laughs> so one of the things that I learned is that it looks as if time expands out in all directions and that all moments in time are happening at once and that the reality we live in is a three-dimensional shape but it's extended infinitely across time and what that put in my mind and something that I've always sought a lot of comfort in from that is that I believe not only that I have a past self that holds some of the the answers and holds some of the wisdom about who I need to be and what I need to do. I believe I also have a future self, a version of me, my best self in the future, who knows how to become a Hay House author, who knows how to become, you know, a six-figure, seven-figure business owner, who knows how to do, you know, insert whatever my dream is or your dream yeah. is there, and that she is calling me to her. And I don't need to worry or, like, stress or get tight or panic about what I'm doing or how to do it because she already knows because she's already done it mm. and all I need to do is trust that she's a few steps ahead of me in my journey and just as my past self is a few steps behind me in my journey and I can get wisdom from Lauren at six years old 16 years old yeah. even 26 years old there's also a Lauren who's 36 who's 46 who's 56 who already has those answers and she's pulling me to her so because of my understanding about how time, all of the moments in time are sort of happening at once in our universe, and it's just our sense of being human that makes us feel like we're moving from moment to moment, when actually all of the moments are there together, that 
really allowed me to know that I know what I'm doing and I just need to do it because she's calling me to her and I could feel it so strongly. I felt this identity as a Hay House author calling to me. I felt my identity as a global speaker calling to me. I felt my identity as somebody who could make a difference and touch a lot of lives calling out to me. And that I didn't have to worry about gripping onto that thing for dear life. It was already ordained. It was already unfolded. I just had to take the steps on the map as they were set out for me by my future self that's calling me to her. I wonder if you've ever had an experience like that, Emily. Have you ever felt that something's like properly destined for you? Like it's already, it's done already? Yeah, so many things. And as you're explaining that, I really think this is one of the key elements to manifesting that people miss. They they think that it's just about thinking about something or having it on the vision board, but you actually have to remember that you already are that and you already have it and it's already there. And it's there because it's your desire. And I believe that, you know, everything that I've done has really been, you know, part of my destiny. And obviously the things to come are definitely are the same. And so I can just trust that they're on their way. And um, like you said, really differentiating between having that that vision, knowing it's meant for you, but feeling like you need to, um, I guess, not that hard work isn't necessary, but feeling like you need to like force it into reality. That's not what this is about. It's about trusting and allowing and that know and knowing that everything's happening as it's meant to and unfolding in the perfect time. Exactly. The big dream's already taken care of. You just yeah. need to focus on the little steps, just the small steps, just totally. the next available foothold. If you want to go with a mountain analogy, like the next available thing that can be done and not worry about where it's all going because the where it's going is taken care of. If you truly believe that what you desire is meant, and you know, like trust me on this one, as someone who studied philosophy of time, there's a version of you out there that's already got what you think you want. She already has it. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to sweat that whatsoever. You just have to keep doing the small steps, the best thing that you know to do in this particular moment to the best of your ability. Today's work today and tomorrow will take care of itself. And one of the themes of this show and of my work is that we're all creating a life better than our dreams. And what I mean by that is oftentimes things unfold better than you could have ever imagined them to unfold. (laughs) And we sometimes, you know, we want to have the exact map towards what it is that we want, but things unfold and, and happen in a way that's actually, I think, far exceeding of what we could have ever envisioned. And I know for me, even with with my Hay House book that's going to be released next year, um, the Yay, same thing congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I was at a book launch party for one of our mutual friends, Mel Wells, and the commissioning editor was there. And I told her, I said, you know, I'm Emily Williams. I have this company called I Heart My Life. I handed her my business card and I said, I will be a Hay House author one day. And she just, you know, looked at me and said, lovely to meet you and was was really kind and all of that. And then um, fast forward a few years down the road, she actually asked to be reintroduced to me. And we met for a lunch date. Literally, I wrote a proposal over the weekend and got a book offer within two days of sending in that proposal. And so again, I wasn't actively like every day, I need to be a Hay House author. I need to be a Hay House author. I knew that it was already meant for me that, you know, being published was in my future. It was just a matter of time. And so I think that's exactly, you know, what you're saying, Lauren, and what I want people to, to really remember. And the first step 
is to understand that your desires and whatever you're being called for, just like Lauren said, that means it's meant for you. It's not just a fluke, like that you're getting that download or that idea. It's literally meant for you. Yes, exactly. And one thing that I noticed that you and I both did or had in common in our Hay House stories is we were actually out there in the world making relationships, putting it out there, speaking to people, speaking to the right people. I always think of that as like stirring up the energy, you know, like stirring up that cosmic energy. And I love having an online business. Like I speak to my clients all over the world. I love it. But sometimes when we sit in the same position, we see things the same way things stay the same too long. And for me, it's been those moments of like stirring up the energy, like going to the I Can Do It seminar instead of sitting at home, getting in the queue to get my book signed instead of going, nah, you know, it's always been like, I'm going to be in it to win it here. I'm going to participate. I'm going to stir up that cosmic energy. And so again, that's something that's always been very key in my journey as well as being like who I've met and how I've met them and those sort of sliding doors moments that I think we need to be willing to go out there and put ourselves into it and be a part of and participate in. That's felt very key in a lot of the successes that I've been fortunate enough to enjoy. Would you would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. And I think about it like dating. I've always known I was meant for true love, as cheesy as it sounds, and in a beautiful relationship. But I didn't just sit at home waiting for James to be delivered on my doorstep. That's not what this is about. I went out and I met people. I put myself on like a million online dating sites. You know, I showed up. And I think we also speak our dreams into reality, just like you said, when you got in front of David and said, you know, I I need to be a Hay House author, like this is what's coming through for me. This is what's meant for me. And what I said at that party, um, I think we often speak our dreams into reality. And so it's important to share what it is we actually want with other people because other people can help us get there. And most of the time people want to help. Yeah, absolutely. No woman is an island. No man is an island. We all rise together. And, you know, like you say, if you're willing to just say it and let somebody know when people feel your enthusiasm, your excitement, your sincerity for what it is that you desire of life, what it is you stand for, what you believe in, people want to get on board with you and, like you say, help you out. That's definitely been my experience. Yes. So tell us a little bit about the book. Sure. So my book is called The Medium in Manolo's, A Life-Affirming Guide to Modern Mediumship. And it's really about helping people overcome death in all its forms, as you mentioned in your lovely intro for me. Thank you. And so it's for people who are interested in developing the capacity for mediumship, which is the ability to communicate with people who've passed away for yourself, with your own loved ones, and for others as well. It's also for people who have lost someone. So if anybody's ever had a death in their life that has stayed with them in a way that hasn't been so positive or helpful, it's definitely a coaching manual and honestly very vulnerable. I literally photocopied pages of my journal from certain deaths and experiences that have happened in my life. So I'm right there with you. You know, I'm talking as a griever a lot of the time um, in the book. So it's definitely for people who are ready to look at the possibility that we don't die in the final goodbye way that causes people so much pain. And then sort of on the wider sphere, it really is a book for anybody who is trying to overcome self-doubt and stand up proudly for who they really are. Because as a medium, I faced a lot of you know, like being misunderstood, bullied, 
not like being a weirdo, people not understanding where I'm coming from, thinking I'm a fraud, thinking this and all, all of that. And through that, I was just trying to understand myself and how these abilities were happening to me or from me or, you know, trying to understand that process. And so it very much is about a, a young lady, you know, a teen and 20 something medium taking ownership of who she read it really is, even if other people don't always like it. So mm. one of my friends is an actor in Hollywood and she read the book and she sent me a message saying, do you know if you take out the word medium and put in the word actor, that this is a manual that's going to help you be successful as an actor? I'm like, yes. So whatever your dream is, whatever your goal is, whatever you're trying to overcome, just take out the word medium and put in whatever it is you're trying to be in the world or own about yourself in the world. And I hope that the medium in Manolas would serve you in that capacity as well. Mm. I love that. Thank you for explaining all that. And I'd love for you to share a little bit more around how you knew you were a medium and what a medium actually is for those who are curious. Of course, I'd be glad to. So what mediumship is interested in is proving the possibility that part of the human spirit, part of the human mind continues on after bodily death. And the reason that Personally, the reason that I'm interested in exploring that question is because when people connect with an infinite part of themselves, so when people think maybe there's a part of me that doesn't die and I'm part of something eternal and that I'm eternally loved and that once I've existed, I can't stop existing, once people grasp that reality, a lot of positive change begins to happen in their life and in their mindset. So for example, when a person dies that's really close to us, it can cause us without realizing it to pull the shutters down on our heart. We can start to feel that it's not safe to love anymore because love is guaranteed to end in loss. It's guaranteed to end in heartache. It's like a bank that we've invested all of our love into and suddenly it just gets wiped out. People find that very difficult. So I want to suggest that loving matters and that you don't be afraid, you don't have to be afraid to continue to love because that love persists on even when the person isn't physically here any longer. The second piece is that a lot of people are living with the fear of death, the fear of rejection, the fear of ridicule, the fear of standing up and being a tall poppy, the fear of being a leader, the fear of success, the fear of failure, my argument is that all of these things are really the fear of death in disguise because they tap into a very ancient part of our brain that wants to keep us in a community and not have us stand out or ostracize yeah. ourselves or make a nuisance of ourselves. Because when we were cavemen and cavewomen, if we did that, it would mean certain death. So there's a very strong ancient urge to avoid um, standing out because of the fear of death because if we didn't have community we wouldn't survive on our own we right. didn't have the sharpest claws or natural armor or venom we depended on each other so now fast forward to the 21st century we actually are afraid that we said the wrong thing on social media we're afraid that somebody doesn't like us we're afraid that we're gonna like afraid to charge properly for our services and really this is all these different manifestations of the fear of death so if we can tap into a different understanding and say well what if in a sense we don't die and there's a part of us that continues on a lot of people have found that very liberating and um 
exhilarating. It's allowed them to take the bold decisions and make the bold chances that make life worth living that they would otherwise hold themselves back from because yeah. of this fear of death that's so ancient in the brain. So though, that's really why I personally am interested in the question of do we live on after we die? And the way that I engage with people about that is by giving them messages from their loved ones in spirit that I couldn't otherwise know. So my personal rule of thumb is I couldn't have Googled it and I couldn't have looked it up on Facebook. <laughs> so if I can say something true about a loved one of yours who's died and I couldn't possibly have got it from somewhere else, then you have to entertain that possibility that that's come from their consciousness that is still yeah. manifest somewhere in space and time and which still has love for you and awareness of you. So that was that's really what mediumship's about and what it's meant for me in my life and how I've hoped to use it both in the book and in my mediumship practice in the past. Um, and, and how did you first realize that you were able to communicate with people who had died? It was very gradual. My interest in angel cards became ditching the angel cards, just look me in the face here and let me tell you what I see. And then that just gradually started to become more and more about, okay, so I can feel what's important to you is this person who's died or this person's on your mind or this person who passed away, that loss is still influencing you. And then gradually, piece by piece, this sort of information that was coming forward was more about those people than the person sitting directly in front of me. I'm a very empathic person. I love people. And like you, Emily, I think you're like this as well. You feel other people's feelings so deeply, like yeah. they're your own. So that was how my psychic, like intuitive ability started. And then the more I progressed with that, the more it became that I sort of specialized or found my, my gift or my niche and being able to give evidence and give communication from people who had passed. Hmm. Thank you for sharing all of that. I think it's so fascinating. And I, like you said, I am very intuitive and, and feel a lot of things, um, a lot of emotions from other people. I wouldn't say that I'm able to communicate in that way, you know, with people who have passed on though. So it's so, so fascinating. And I think that um, it can offer so much peace for a lot of people who are struggling with, you know, having lost loved ones and not knowing what to do with the emotion that comes with that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it really started because my grand died when I was 17 and I had lived with her when I was a child and she really represented unconditional love to me and it was a terrible loss in my life at the time. And it was really she who first started to come to me in dreams and I, I used to get like little impressions that I felt were from her, like little waves of love or feeling like the way I felt in her presence. I started to get the sense that she was trying to communicate something with me that would later become true or become fact. Yeah. And so it was really my personal relationship as a griever, as a grieving teenager, as a grieving granddaughter, in which all else of, of this journey was based. So um, you know, it's no irony, it's completely meant to be that when I wrote The Medium in Manolos, my other gran actually died while I was writing the book. And she had cancer and she was very, very sick in hospital for a long time. And I used to write about eternal life and, you know, my experience with souls everlasting 
and then at the same time go and visit my gran in hospital who was very very unwell and it helped me keep my feet on the ground and not get to oh I'm a hay house author or woo woo or high too high vibe it helped me to remember and stay very grounded in the the grief that people are going through and why they might you know like lift my book in the first place and I think that that my gran really blessed me in that sense and choosing to transition when she did and because of that I dedicated the book to her because what she taught me through that process of writing the book made the book better and made me a better person as well. Mm, I love that thank you for sharing. So I want to take a quick break and we come back I want to talk about what's next for you and ask you for a few final tips. So we'll be right back in just a second. Are you looking to move forward with your dream coaching business? I know when I was first starting out as a coach, I had no idea where to start. I didn't know how to launch my website. I had no clue who I wanted to work with, what sort of program to create, or even how to get started. If you're feeling like that, not to worry. I have the perfect program for you. We've created iHeart Coaching for the aspiring and new coach alike, and it's available for registration today. So go to iheartcoaching.com to find out how you can start your own dream coaching business and join the world's most successful, making a huge impact in the world. I'd like you to meet Dr. Faye Wilson, change agent, ordained minister, and host of Intentional right here on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. Dr. Fay, America Out Loud is all about the vision of the voices. How can one's voice make the ultimate difference? The messages of this program and others that are on the Out Loud platform are so powerful that are reaching the world with positive messages. Even as a news platform, it is doing news in a different way so that people are actually standing up and paying attention to what's being said. And again, walking away from the table and having these discussions. I have people, let me tell you this quickly, I have people in my prayer group that are now listening to the Outlaw platform and they're texting me and calling me going, wow. We are excited you're here. AmericaOutloud.com. Our commitment is clear to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Lauren Robertson. We're here talking all about her amazing book, Medium and Manolos, and her journey from um, leaving school at 16 to becoming um, her amazing self today, which is a speaker and coach and author and helping people all over the world, especially women, to be able to use their gifts and speak on stage and, and be able to really live out their purpose and help others. So Lauren, I'd love to hear what's next for you. What are you excited about in terms of your business and in your personal life? Sure. So I am super excited about my business at the moment. As you mentioned, Emily, I've made a bit of a transition in the last few years into coaching mostly women, as you correctly said, to speak from the stage, to develop their business, to grow their business, to get their message out there. And because that's obviously been my story since I was 16 years old, that fateful day, um, up till mm-hmm. now, 
uh, I'm really passionate about helping alternative voices be heard. I think it's a really important period that we're at right now. You know, the internet allows alternative voices in a lot of senses to find a platform that they might not have been able to in days gone by. But I still definitely feel that there's room for women, especially, to speak more loudly to speak more proudly, to speak more honestly about what they really feel and how the world looks to them, and to be financially empowered and financially free in exchange for that gift, yeah. in exchange for their knowledge and what they, they want to say. And I'm really drawn to, you know, like speaking from the stage and growing your business that way because I do love people. I love relationships. I love being in the room with people. I think it's a very powerful you know, like container for transformation. And so because I've obviously had quite an alternative voice being a medium and I've spoken from the stage since I was 16, I'm now supporting other women entrepreneurs and coaches to do the same. And, you know, I'm so excited about the women I'm working with. I have a woman who is a coach for um, equestrians. So she has become in only a few short months, like the platinum standard global equestrian confidence coach so she's she's currently like in central page travels all over the world speaking about um horses and how to be a champion rider how to have that champion wow. mindset. i've got another client who is an author she's got over 100 five-star reviews for her books on amazon she went from being a cleaner to being like a best-selling author with five-star reviews in only a few short months so I'm helping her learn how to tell her story, leverage that, and she teaches other authors to, um, you know, develop their books and helps them with their mindset and that kind of thing as well. So my Speaker Superstar program is the way that I support women. It's a group program. I'm just, I love the women in it so much. You know, you, just, you get to feel that way about the people you work with when you're really on it and you're resonating with them and you know you've found your right nation your right people the love and respect you have for them and the joy you have for them when they succeed is just lighting me up so much in my life right now yeah when we had brunch a few weeks ago I came back and I told James I was like oh my gosh she's so on fire for her business it's so <laughs> obvious and I think like sometimes we lose that a little bit when you know whether we have too much on our plate or we get out of alignment or whatever it may be but that was what I got from you after spending time together just how in love you are with the work and how in alignment you are yeah, I mean, it's so true. And it's funny you use the, the words on fire because like fire, burden, desire, you know, smoking hot. These, this is a language that I use like in my copy and to talk about and describe my business. So that's true. And yeah. you know, I had the opportunity. I was so happy and delighted that I had the opportunity to actually go in person to support one of my clients who was hosting our first live event using the model that I had taught her and everything that I'd shown her. So it was really special to be able to go and be there in person. And one of the reasons I was able to do that is because I passed my driving test this year. And um, passing my driving test has definitely been a really significant part of another part of my story, which is about sobriety and becoming sober and, you know, leading a sober lifestyle. And what I've realized through my speaking career and through helping other speakers is that in the past, when I had some issues of misuse of alcohol, misuse of men, misuse of drugs, you name it, I could probably find a way to misuse it as a way to try to escape the mindset that I was in. 
what I've actually found, the more I have spoken on bigger and bigger stages, the more I've reached more and more people, the more I've helped more and more people to become speakers, I realized that the dragon that I was chasing is how I feel when I'm on stage with them. Like that's all I was ever chasing was how I feel when I'm on stage with them and being in that container and we're, you know, lifting the energy and supporting each other and helping each other and helping each other rise as much as possible. So I always say to my clients, especially at my live events, they keep me sober. They keep me living a lifestyle that's best for me and that's helping me be the best woman I can be in the world. And I always thank them gratefully for that. And it's so, so true because as I said, it's true that the only thing I was ever chasing was how I feel when I'm with them. Mm. So that fire and being lit up, you're hundred percent right about that. (laughs) Yeah, I can feel that. Amazing. And is there another book in the works? Absolutely. More than one. (laughs) I was, I had a feeling. (laughs) Yeah. I'm writing a book about a topic that your husband actually gave me a lot of encouragement about. I literally haven't pitched it to anyone except him. (laughs) I was really interested. I've never heard that before. And I'm like, James, James Williams is into it. I'm going to write it. (laughs) So um, he was the guinea pig for that idea. And there will be a speaker superstar book coming out to help women develop their voice, develop their vision for their speaking career, and to teach them how to really stake their claim as a global speaker and have their voice heard, travel the world, serving people and changing lives in the process. So that will definitely be in the works as well. Beautiful. And where can people find you? People can find me mostly on Facebook. I also have a YouTube channel launching this week that's going to be all about speaking. It's called Speaker Superstar. So you can find me there too. Uh, but mostly on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash writer Lauren is my personal profile. I don't have 5,000 friends yet, so you're very welcome. And you can find me at Supernova Speaker for anything about Speaker Superstar. And please come and join us in the Become a Speaker Superstar group. If you're interested in growing your business through speaking, you will be most welcome. Beautiful. Final question, Lauren, what would you recommend people do or what do you think has been the key to living a life better than your dreams? The key to living a life better than your dreams is to know that your future self has your dreams taken care of and that you don't need to worry about that. All you have to concern yourself with is what feels right, best and true for you today. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. It's been an absolute pleasure to hear your story and to really feel your energy and passion for the work that you do in the world. And I'm so excited to see what's next for you. Thank you, Emily. It's been a joy and a pleasure to be here with you. And thanks to everyone who tuned in. Awesome. So for all the I Heart My Lifers out there listening, take a note from Lauren. Remember that anything is possible. Access your future self. Know that everything's unfolding as it's meant to. You just have to show up, stir up that energy, and trust that it's on its way. So until next time, I'm Emily Williams. I'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the I Heart My Life show. Bye. forward with your dream coaching business? I know when I was first starting out as a coach, I had no idea where to start. 
I didn't know how to launch my website. I had no clue who I wanted to work with, what sort of program to create, or even how to get started. If you're feeling like that, not to worry. I have the perfect program for you. We've created iHeart Coaching for the aspiring and new coach alike, and it's available for registration today. So go to iHeartCoaching.com to find out how you can start your own dream coaching business and join the world's most successful, making a huge impact in the world.